The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Drive my car, Hey, yeah, thank you, Brett. Okay, um, (laughs) we are uh, back. The Golden Rewards are back. We took a hiatus um, because nothing was happening. But now something happened. Something happened. You know what happened? You know what happened? You all know what happened, right? He's nuts. No. (laughs) (laughs) Five seconds in. Um, Cry, Cry Macho came out, and uh, that's why we're doing the podcast, is because... Yeah, Cry I'm... Macho. We gotta talk about Cry Macho. Uh-huh. Anyway. Little Cry Macho Tears. The name is uh, name's George, <laughs> the ultimate loser. Um, then we have Tristan, Ketchup Man. Ketchup Man. <laughs> then we have Brett. I don't know what he is. Uh, I'm, I'm a sir. And then we have... A guest, a special guest, D's nuts himself, Mr. Andre Hall. <laughs> Great. Okay. You can introduce me as anything else. I don't know. This is great. Um. Anyway, this is about Venice and Toronto film festivals. Woohoo! Yay! Okay, we're gonna run through all the films that um, Tristan and Andre have seen, and some have I've seen, some of Brett's seen, and we're gonna talk about the movies themselves, some Oscar potential, and we'll go from there. So perhaps the biggest film that came out of all these yeah. festivals, in terms of hype is the power of the dog which is playing at every height you mean yeah in terms of oscar yeah. height yeah um and it was like you know played at every festival it premiered at venice it won the silver lion for best director it played at telluride where it was the highest rated film of the festival and it played at tiff where it was third place for the audience award which is surprising considering the contents and the style of the film. It is rocking a 91 on Metacritic and a 92 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's um, not the most accessible film. I actually got a chance to see it. Um, It's not a very accessible film in terms of like, you know, audiences there's definitely going to be people who will watch this and be bored out of their minds however placing at the audience award a tiff which is you know the most populous of all the film festivals is probably you know is 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 pretty surprising so it's accessible enough to do well with you know groups like the academy and I really, yeah, this, this is one of my favorites of the year. I think Benedict Cumberbatch and Kirsten Dunst are both Oscar worthy in it. I think Jane Campion does something really powerful and poignant here. 
with uh, the directing and the writing. I, I've also read the book and I think it's a very faithful adaption. And it's very beautifully made. Like the cinematography is really outstanding and gorgeous. The production design is beautiful. The score by Johnny Greenwood is just, uh, it reminds me of why I love Johnny Greenwood and why he was robbed for Phantom Thread. And the whole film, I think, really works as a whole. I understand that not everyone is going to feel that way. But I think it's one of my favorite films of the year. It's probably my second favorite movie of the year so far. And I do expect this to play very well to at least like very kind of, you know, to letterbox crowd when it drops on Netflix. Yeah, I definitely agree with what you had to say. Like, um, I would say the crowd at Venice wasn't super hot on this film. Um, but I thought like it was phenomenally directed and acted as well. Um, one note that I thought was interesting is I was like kind of laughing a lot throughout this film, just at like every other word that Benedict Cumberbatch said in it. Um, if I remember correctly, and no one else was, so that was kind of interesting. But um, no, it was very. I mean, it's. I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but it was very captivating and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what I found interesting about this movie is that all the people I talked to at TIFF were like completely divided. Like there were some people who absolutely loved it and said it was like the best of the festival. And there were other people who said they could not connect to it at all. And I found myself kind of in the middle I unfortunately didn't get the chance to experience it in a theater, which I, I really wanted to because it is that kind of film. It's it's gorgeous looking from like a cinematography standpoint, and it does have a big scale um, like it, it. It's it's pretty understated, but in terms of like its visual aesthetics, it's, it's pretty big in scope. So I was hoping I'd get the chance to see it in theaters, but I had to watch it on my TV because I could only get a digital ticket. And I, I think it's very well acted and directed. Um, I, I think Cumberbatch is incredible. Uh, Dunst didn't have as much to do as I expected. Uh, and I don't think this is an Oscar winning performance, but I could see her slipping in there in terms of nomination. Um, and I think in terms of the way Campion decided to tell the story was definitely very uh, stylish. And I, I think um, it's, it's a pretty great comeback for her because she hasn't really done much in a long time. And, and people were thinking she was going to be the next big thing after the piano. Uh, and I think a lot of people are going to be very impressed by this. I enjoyed it a lot. I just, I couldn't really connect to it and it didn't really it didn't make that much of an impact on me emotionally. I and I think part of the reason why is cuz it's divided into like these segments and the way it flows it, it it doesn't really feel like it's building onto each other. It feels like these segments are a little separate if that makes any sense. It's it's a little disjointed. Uh but 
it is a very well-made film and I, I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being, you know, one of the top dogs at the Oscars. And I think it will be. Well, I think it's like going to fight for the best picture win with another film we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, I think Campion is certainly in the winning conversation for director. Cumberbatch is definitely looking like he could win. I think, you know, screenplay is pretty easy right now. I don't really like, I don't know what else could take it. You've also got, like, there's a chance it wins, like, cinematography. You know, maybe if Johnny Greenwood gets the double nomination, he could he could steal um, for this movie. I, um, that's one thing that's interesting. Do you think he'll get in? Because we're going to talk about another movie that has a Johnny Greenwood score. Do you think he'll get in for this score? Because I, I don't think so. I think, like, the movie, if it's, like, strong... I think he comes along with it because he's having a really great year. And also, you know, he's doing score for licorice pizza, which may not be enough. But I like, I like the score a lot and I think it suits the movie, but there are a lot of moments of silence in terms of like score where it's just dialogue. And there's a lot where it's just whistling. Well, does that matter that much though? Because like, Part of like there's movies that are very quiet and stuff like like most movies have moments of silence for sure. Yeah. So like, I don't think it matters like that much. It's Um, just, yeah, you're right. You're right. As far as Dunst goes, I do agree that winning would be difficult. I do think she could get in or she probably will get in. It's just part of it is that I don't know who would take it from her because I don't have any faith that Bleecker Street is going to um, do do a good campaign with Mass. I Netflix has other contenders that they could push, I guess. And then, you know, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But I do think this is in a very strong position to potentially win Best Picture. And I think Campion is in a very strong position to win Director as well. I think her winning Director is probably more likely than the movie winning Picture. So then I um, guess the second most hyped movie in terms of, you know, the awards conversation um, that came out of these festivals was Belfast. Now Tristan is the only one here who's actually seen it. We're fasting that bell. Heck yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm glad I contributed. This is a movie that I was pushing earlier and you guys were saying, no, Focus is going to do Last Night in Soho. Yeah, you're going to eat your words now. So um, Tristan, please. dinner, baby. So I've also seen Last Night in Soho and if you want, I can talk about that after. Yeah. But Belfast. Yeah. So I, I'll, yeah, I got to eat my words because I, I wasn't expecting this to be a thing at all before that trailer dropped. And a lot of that is because Kenneth Branagh has had a horrible track record in recent years. I mean, his last movie was Artemis Fowl, 
which was which this, is a cinematic masterpiece but we can talk about that another day that's true um but yeah he he's been doing these big budget disney blockbusters recently and he's been kind of hit or miss but you know back in the day uh he he got a director nomination for henry the eighth so he was like this auteur figure and he's going back to that in terms of like well this is a crowd pleaser but in terms of like his direction this is very much a uh a, a very well-crafted movie and i loved it i i know not everyone's into this because it's it's a little weird it's in terms of like it's it's this straight up crowd pleaser in the same vein as like jojo rabbit or green book except not problematic but from a filmmaking standpoint it looks like uh brana's trying to do like aroma so people aren't really crazy about that that mix where you've got like this like black and white cinematography and a jazzy score, but this like straight up crowd pleaser. I know a lot of people haven't been crazy about that, but I think it works. I think Brana really comes through with a personal story about uh, his childhood and a love letter to uh, the city of Belfast and this period of time and, and these events that happened. And, a lot of the time when you see Irish movies or movies about Ireland, um, they're kind of negative because there's been, you know, so many negative events that have happened there, like Sunday, Bloody Sunday and all that stuff. And this does show the hardships that happened in Belfast, but it's also like a love letter to Ireland. And I, I really connected to it. Um, it was definitely one of my favorite movies at the festival. And in terms of Oscars, I think it's going to be huge because I, I took my friend to it who like is not a movie fan at all. Like his favorite movies are like Adam Sandler stuff. And he said it was like one of the best movies he's ever seen in his life. So I think this is the kind of movie that um, cinephiles are going to connect to from like a filmmaking standpoint, but it's also got that crowd pleaser thing going for it. Um, I'm thinking picture, director, a supporting actor for Jamie Dorman. He's great in it. Uh, I don't know how to say her name. Her last name's like Balf. Yeah, Catriona Balf, I think. Yeah, I think she's the standout. She's got so many scenes. Um, Judy Dench. I know a lot of us were talking about Judy Dench uh, because she's such a big actress and Oscar winner. But to be honest, she doesn't really do enough here to, to get a nomination. I think it's really going to be Balf that gets that supporting actress nom. Um, screenplay for sure. Uh, cinematography. If it goes for like if it's one of the top dogs in terms of um, winning picture then it could get an editing nomination and it would be like a similar kind of nomination to when Jojo Rabbit got an editing nom because it's it's a similar style of editing and I'd also go with song because Van Morrison has a song for it uh, yeah. so it's going to rack up quite a few like six or seven nominations I'd also love if it got score because it's got this like beautiful jazzy score that I can't wait until it drops on Apple Music and Spotify. 
Yeah, the score is like something very interesting. I did hear the song was not very memorable though, so I'm not sure what to do with that. Yeah, um, I to be honest, I had no idea there was a song until after uh, after the movie. So as I kind of alluded to just now, I think this is it's it's this versus Power of the Dog in terms of what's going to win Best Picture. I'm just not convinced of anything else. Even stuff that hasn't dropped yet? Like, you're just well, talking about festival stuff, Well, right? here's the thing. Here's the thing. Nightmare Alley, the trailer looks really awesome. It just does not look like a Best Picture winner. I mean, it's a horror movie, for one. For two, I mean, the vibes you get from the trailer, it's like, it almost feels like it's not trying to be an Oscar player, but it just automatically is because... There's so many crafts and actors you can nominate, and it's Guillermo del Toro. But, you know, that's kind of the vibe I get. But the and last then, few winners haven't really been trying either. I mean, Shape of Water, Parasite, I, I, no I, nothing. Under, I understand that, but, like, and, and I'll, get to the, I'll get to that in a little bit. I'll group it in with, you know, the other films that we haven't seen yet that, you know, Brett, you and Brett are kind of screaming at me about my takes for Licorice Pizza which is if which was formerly titled quote unquote titled soggy bottom the paul thomas oh, anderson man. film <laughs> um so i saw the leaked trailer for it and i think I the movie it, it's like, okay sorry i saw the leaked trailer and i was like yeah that might win best picture so he, here's the thing i think i don't think it looks like Fan and Thread, or There Will Be Blood, Paul Thomas Anderson. No, it looks like Boogie Nights. Yeah, it looks like Boogie Nights PTA. And yeah. that movie did not get a Best Director nomination. It didn't really win anything. And but, the thing is, it's like... Yeah, but that was also when he was like a beginner director as well. Yeah. But, I mean, the movie it was like his second movie. It did get three nominations, though. And Burt Reynolds almost won. So wait, wait, wait. Should that mean that they have their eye on him even back then making Boogie Nights if they got three nominations and yeah. becoming director. I mean, Boogie Nights and Magnolia both would have gotten a nomination for Best Picture if there well, were nine. I'm not saying it's going to miss Best Picture. I'm just saying this does not look like a Best Picture winner. It looks like a fun, a, kind of a more like fun movie. It looks more like along the lines of Boogie Nights or um, Magnolia. PTA. You know what else is a fun movie? Green Book. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you my balls? Pick well, it up, Tony. Okay. I am saying something. I, I will say this. At this time, in probably September of 2019, um, if someone would have been like, yeah, I think Parasites been getting really good word of mouth. It's probably going to win Best Picture. You would have been like, no, there's no That's way. Not That's not the a- same thing, Brad. That's not the same thing. It kind of is. Well, yeah, like, it's not out yet, but I'm saying it like the trajectory of things. Like, I think grouping a film as in this is Academy friendly and this isn't fr- Academy friendly is kind of well, that's a dwindling idea when like Shape of Water and Parasite wins best. Picture. Okay, but like that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like those movies got the buzz. I'm not really feeling like, oh, this is like a best picture fucking winner, you know? Like it doesn't look like one to me. 
here's another thing I've kind of noticed about Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, the Academy kind of loves him, and it's it's like a secret thing. I feel like, like for instance, whenever Phantom Thread was coming out, a lot of people were like, "Oh yeah, Phantom Thread's not going to get anything because they barely marketed that movie until it like came out." Like, no one said it wasn't going to get anything. Well, yeah, but people were like, "That movie's going to underperform, right?" Except Dave Lewis, yeah. Yeah, people said it's it's pretty much going to pull a silence, and then like. It got nominated for like six or seven Oscars, including Best Picture. And director. Yeah, literally Inherent Vice, right? That got, that like a lot of people like vehemently disliked at the time and thought was weird and dumb. Got nominated for screenplay. Like they always like throwing Paul Thomas Anderson. No, no, no. I never said that they're going to goose egg this movie or snub it for Best Picture. I know, I know, I know, I know. If I continue to this point, I think it means that the Academy is going to want to give Paul Thomas Anderson the Oscar someday. Someday, and but I don't think it's going to be for this movie. I think this could be it. I think this could be it. I, I genuinely do. But I yeah, definitely I, something that like, especially like the fact that he played the trailer for the first time before screening of American Graffiti definitely shows that he's tying into that Americana type of feel that I think the Academy is going to eat up. I. I, I think this will catch a lot of steam towards the end of the year. And so yeah, like, I, I don't... The connection's unstable. I hope that all went through. It did, yeah. Okay. I, so like, I don't... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, George. What, quali- what, best, what qualities of this movie do you gauge from the trailer that you think, oh, this could be a Best Picture winner? Because I, I don't see it. It looks good. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, this movie has an insane amount of hype. Like... So much hype. People have been talking about this movie for a very long time. Literally, like, people are so hyped to watch a trailer that anytime just any sort of 35 millimeter um, screening happens at an Alamo draft house, it, like, almost sells out immediately. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter the movie. It can literally be Bowfinger. <laughs> I saw someone on their story say they were going to take a two-hour train to London just to see the trailer. So there is that's insane. insane. That's that's insane. Insane hype. Hype doesn't guarantee you a win, though. I know it doesn't. Like, for example, Dune. I don't think Dune's going to win Best Picture, but I think Licorice Pizza. Yeah, but it's. Yeah. I feel it. And there was there's nothing from the festival circuits that I feel will win Best Picture because Belfast. I love the movie and I think it's going to be a big contender. But I don't know if everyone's going to universally, like, say, oh, this is, you know, the best of the year. Uh, And while it is a huge crowd pleaser, there's already people saying, oh, it's overrated, blah, blah, blah. So it it could. There's always those people. But I think it could be hurt by early. Yeah, true. But I think it could have that early frontrunner thing where, like, A Star is Born, where it had so much hype at first, and then it died down. Okay. And same with Power of the Dog. Like, I love, uh, I don't love Power of the Dog, but I like Power of the Dog, and I think a lot of people are going to love that movie. Guys, but, I guess you could say the Power of the Pizza is coming, am I right? Yeah. I don't but know. What qualities I, of licorice pizza do you think would make it a winner? I think because it's been a while. Okay, so... 2020 was kind of like Nomadland won because it tied into that. 
um, like those themes of isolation and stuff. Uh, right. Now we're, we're getting to go back to life and back to these things that we love, like going back to the movies and that sort of thing. And licorice pizza kind of ties into, you know, the love for cinema and. Okay. And- okay. 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 Can I stop you right there? Can we stop using, oh, this movie's about Hollywood. This movie's about movies as a reason for why something can win Best Picture. It didn't work for La La Land. It didn't work for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it didn't work for Mank. I don't see why it would work here. Because now we're in a, we're in a time where people are appreciating movies more than ever because they're finally able to go back to the movies after a year where we couldn't. Okay. And also, I think Licorice Pizza is going to be kind of like a celebration of life. And it's going to be this fun, but also meaningful coming of age journey, kind of like an almost famous. I think people are going to really gravitate towards it. It's going to come out at the end of the year. Uh, and it's going to be very different from all the other movies that are competing. So I don't know. I just I just have a feeling about it. I, I can't I, I, I can't see it. I just it doesn't like honestly, I think. It could just be fucking Boogie Nights or Magnolia. I don't know. It doesn't really like look like it does nothing about it screams best picture winner to me, you know. And it, it does look like almost famous. But like, you know, almost famous was snubbed for best picture. It shouldn't have been, but it was at the end of the day. And it didn't get best director either. And I yeah what do you want me to tell you yeah but it also won screenplay oh well you know what licorice pizza could be one of those movies where it wins screenplay and then that's what paul thomas anderson gets his oscar for that uh, i mean that's probably the most likely award it would win anyway yeah i don't know i'm I'm just saying but yeah we kind of got off track anyway (laughs) belfast yeah belfast very good Love it. Nice. Wait, okay. So, now let's talk about that. Licorice Pizza is going to win Best Picture. So, and I think I need to look at my Best Picture list again. Oh, yeah. Dune. <laughs> Andre oh, is boy. the one here who's seen it. Let's talk about Dune. Uh, yes. Um, right. So, yeah, I've been kind of almost dreading talking about this one because like i'm the only one who's seen it and for me this movie is literally the epitome of what they say in tenet of don't try to understand it feel it as (laughs) (laughs) i mean look it's it's like visually great on every aspect makeup the hair and just the visual effects actually the visual effects are iffy but like just the visuals in general and um but like it's the whole film is a vibe. It's fairly slowly paced, but I I did really like it. And um I honestly okay, first of a heads up, I haven't read the book. I I genuinely did not know anything about Dune before watching it. Um so it was kind of a trippy experience. Um but yeah, overall I did really like it and I actually didn't really have any necessary problems with it. But like the whole film as itself is just one giant vibe where it's like part sci-fi, but also feels like a, a little dated as in like a, a story from a couple hundred years ago. 
if that yeah. makes any sense. So I actually have read the book, and it's my most anticipated film of the year. I am a very big fan of Villeneuve, and um, I, I I couldn't have picked a better person to do this project because David Lynch's version of do like I I love David Lynch. He's like maybe my favorite director. But his version of Dune is trash. I'm sorry. It's it's trash. Um, it's, it's good. I don't know. What um, walking and there was a mini series that came out in 2000. That's like three episodes or something, and that was good. Yeah. But it didn't give me everything I wanted, and this movie just seems like it's giving me what I wanted from it. And the movie yeah. definitely does feel like that. Um, and based on the reviews, I, I can tell I'm probably going to really like this movie. Yeah, I do think you'll really like it. Like, um, at least in Venice, it was strange because to me, I didn't really talk to anyone who really loved this movie at all. They're like, yeah, it's fine. And but I feel like I watched a completely different movie than them because like, Which it's is like funny. a one, oh, it's strange. Uh, that's it's funny. like, it's everyone at tiff was like saying oh it's the best thing ever so it's funny yeah how they your festivals yeah on so these reactions of it being very cold and like you know some people aren't going to be passionate about it is kind of what i was worried about and why partly why i never considered it for a best picture win i do think it will probably get nominated i i don't really see a good reason as to why it wouldn't um because it's gonna get so many craft nominations it's gonna win at least two probably three. Oh, yeah. um for sure villeneuve i'm not quite as confident as him getting a director nomination but i think he should be safe for now and i am less confident in screenplay but i do still have it in there like Everyone yeah. who's seen the movie says it's an absolute lock for visual effects and sound. I completely expected that. And score is looking really good as well. Though, you know, I do wonder if Greenwood or The Splot could, could steal it. Um, editing is definitely a maybe. Cinematography seems possible. Maybe production design. Like to win or just nominations to win, like the like the like it's getting cinematography and production design nominations for sure, yeah, like easily. And yeah, you have and costumes, it, do you think? I think it'll get costumes. I don't know if it'll win because you know you've got Cruella and Spencer, yeah. Um, and then yeah. makeup, I think, will probably get nominated oh, as well. Costumes are could be. Okay, like, one thing I'm not sure how likely it is, costume, but right? I think Timothy Chalamet should love get nominated for best actor because like I, he's really good in it. So the characters are really like stoic, right? They don't have like very many like showy emotions. Yeah, but that's what Timothy Chalamet's good at. So that is true, but that's exactly what the book is like. The characters like to or they conceal a lot of emotions throughout the book they're very like, stoic go get the spice okay i'll go get the spice brother yes Heck yeah so, I mean, yeah a lot of time timothy shalom is kind of just staring there but like does it so well 
It's like you're staring into a soul kind of thing. Well, right? the thing is, is like Chalmay yeah. honestly is perfect casting based on the book. And oh, yeah, absolutely. Like so, I, I, I would argue it's his best role. Yeah. Whoa, whoa! I don't know. Well, dang. That's well, Tristan's a big call me by your name stand, so you know. And, and yeah, well, I'm the only voice. one who's seen the. I'm the only one who's seen Dune, so. True. True. That's very true. Yeah. I, I never so, expected any acting being... nominations for the movie anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I will get any no- acting nominations, but I would say he's very good at it. Yeah. So I, I think the movie is still like strong. It's still safe for best picture. But like I, I definitely wouldn't put it in contention yeah. to win. Although it will very yeah, I'm, will... I'm not I definitely think it'll get nominated for Best Picture, yeah. but winning is very iffy. Just yeah. it's it's probably it's a big be, sci-fi movie. It's probably gonna be my promising young woman this year, let's be perfectly honest. I, I kind of feel like it might not get nominated for picture because of how um divisive it could be with some people. Like I'm not saying it won't happen. Still I still have it on my list, but I have it at like seven or eight. I have yeah, it at like five, so that's kind of understandable, I guess. Audiences are like loving it because it's released overseas <laughs> and it's making a ton of money and everyone's giving it like five stars. Like I, I want to, I want to make this clear. I think this is going to be like absolutely my favorite thing ever. I just don't know. Besides Soho, but yeah. it seems accessible. Raccoon Girls. I mean, seems, yeah. <laughs> well, I think the movie plays differently in Europe than it would in it's... North America. Based on what Andre yeah, that's true. So yeah, I think. I mean, the Venice crowd was really strange, to be honest. Yeah, like they they were loving movies I didn't care for too much, and and we're talking about a a predominantly North American Academy too. So, you know, were they all into Sundown, Andre? Um, actually, no. It was very mixed on Sundown. Actually, a lot of people I talked to weren't loving it because I actually had to ask a lot of people what they thought about it because I myself was very confused on Sundown. Everyone <laughs> so. at TIFF was like, it's the best movie ever. And I'm like, no. oh, really? Yeah. I'm... Okay. Well, well, not everyone. Most people. Say yeah, a lot of people like... weren't loving it at Venice. I've met maybe one person at the most who liked it. Yeah. So that's about it. Just like the core group of people I was hanging out with all gave it four and a half stars. And I'm like, there's absolutely no way. I don't know. I don't feel like talking about Sundown. (laughs) All right. I mean, yeah. (laughs) So there's a couple movies here I want to group together. One of which three of us have seen. One of which only one of us has seen. And we'll start with the one only one of us has seen. Uh, I want to talk about Spencer, um, a movie that I shot uh, pretty high on my most anticipated list when the trailer dropped. And I remember when it first premiered and it had like a 95 on Metacritic and it was like, holy hell. It dropped a little bit. It did drop. It did drop. It's rocking an 85 at the moment. Yeah, on, that's not bad. Which is still very, very good. I think it's better than Jackie probably. Now, Rotten Tomatoes, it is currently sitting at a 91, which is insane. Yeah. Um, Kristen Stewart, I was skeptical about her 
earlier, but like once the reviews drop, she shot right up to my number one. And she seems like she's going to be freaking amazing. And there's some conflicting reports on whether it's more or less accessible than Jackie, which still got three nominations. And now some people are thinking, is, could Spencer get picture nominated? If Kristen Stewart really is just this powerhouse, like force and actress, and maybe the movie could get like score also by Johnny Greenwood costumes and other things. Tristan, I know you have a hot take on this one. So, I mean, I guess like, okay. So I think the movie will get nominated for best picture because everyone I've talked to at TIFF loved it or at least really liked it. And I, I liked it. I didn't love it. I was, I was very, it's kind of like in the middle. Um, but it is a beautifully crafted movie. And I think in terms of craftsmanship, it's, it definitely is uh, more impressive than Jackie. And when you talk about like accessible, oh, sorry. Okay, so when you talk about accessible, I mean, it is very like dreamlike and and uh, psychological in the way that Jackie was, but uh, I think this is a much ho- more hopeful movie. And because people are more drawn to Princess Diana as a as a person, um, I think that uh, this is going to be one that appeals to more people and to more Academy members. It's not like super artsy. It's not crazy or anything like that um it is a little hard to follow along if you don't know that much about princess diana and personally i don't so there were certain characters and and in the movie it doesn't really explain who they were in relation to diana and i'm trying to figure it out in my mind so i had to do some research on her after i saw the movie and i appreciate it a little more now i think i should watch it again but it it, it's definitely going to have enough support to get it in there. No way it'll win, but um, Kristen Stewart's really good. I don't know if she'll win. It's, it's an understated performance, and there are conflicting reports whether she really transforms into Diana or not, because there are she, like the voice she's doing doesn't a hundred percent sound like Diana. It's it's a little weird. Like it's hard to explain, but to to me, it wasn't a full transformation. But she is really good in the movie. Uh, I think mm. the costumes are unbelievable. It's definitely going to uh, compete with Cruella um, because that there there are so many costumes in this movie, and there are scenes where she's just like trying on all of these different outfits and uh like it it's hard to imagine this not being um a, a costume winner to be honest so I, I have to see cruella before i say anything but uh yeah and then a uh, score is amazing although it is pretty experimental and jazzy so i'm not 100 percent sure if it gets in there but people are saying it's one of greenwood's best so I could see it slipping in there, even over Power of the Dog. And uh, in terms of supporting actors, I don't really see anyone making it in. Okay. But, yeah, I could see screenplay as well. There's a lot of dialogue. Cinematography, maybe? 
Yeah, yeah, 100%. Okay. So this is kind of going to lead me into the, the next film. Uh, some of you can probably guess what I'm going to talk about. So I'll go ahead and make this point. I'm very excited to see Spencer. There is, I, I do have one actress I am pretty passionate about right now. We'll talk about her. But Kristen Stewart is absolutely like she she does look really, really amazing in it. And I haven't really been that impressed with her in the past. But here I feel like she's tapping into something that makes me think, whoa, like this could this is kind of crazy. And yeah, she is still definitely my number one for best actress, Um, though I did see another movie that I guess could take it from her. Uh, we are talking about the eyes of Tammy Faye. Me, Tristan, and Brett have all seen it. Wait, it, you haven't, Andre? Wait, which Tammy eyes Tammy. of Tammy Faye? No, no. Okay, I have not. So the actually. eyes of Tammy Faye is about Tammy Faye Baker, um, and how she kind of rose to fame and got out of the whole Jim Baker scheme and stuff and. You know, this is a movie that I put on my film draft thinking, oh, this could be, like, really amazing. And the trailer dropped. I thought, oh, okay, this is cool. But then as time went on, it kind of looked more like Hillbilly Elegy to me. <laughs> and then I watched the movie. And it, it was better than I expected, a lot better than I expected. I did I, – I enjoyed it for what it was. Which is it's just this kind of campy biopic thing. And it has a lot of the typical tropes that biopics have, but the movie's better like directed and acted than most biopics as well. Jessica Chastain is really great in it. I would not pick her for best actress, but she is great. Um, she it's not her best performance. I think she's better in scenes from a marriage and zero dark thirty. Um, Andrew Garfield is really good in it too. Most of the acting is very good. I think the movie gets lost a lot in its own camp. And I think there are ideas and like topics that they could have explored more, specifically involving Jim Baker. Um, you know, I think Brett said this could have worked really well as like a Netflix miniseries or something. I couldn't agree with, I, I couldn't agree more. So, and as far as like Jessica Chastain, this is not a role I want someone to win Best Actress for because it's just really fucking like campy and like stereotypical, like maybe not stereotypical, but just typical. Like I want, I would rather see like, you know, a more like, you know, maybe less transformational, like, you know more kind of bold unabashedly feminist performance when every once in a while but we we almost never get that um i have my reasons for thinking we're still having kristen at number one even after seeing this movie and me not seeing spencer but I, i'll talk about that in a little bit um it's fine no i'll, I'll do more than that um <laughs> 
So Eyes of Terry Faye was a movie that like actually did like enjoy quite a bit. Um I think what George said is completely accurate to the fact that like it is like walk hard parody almost biopic in some of the beats that it hits, you know. But like number one, I still think like the first half, like the first act of this movie is actually act, like, so electric and exciting and fun and like when you realize really what they're doing with it it gave me kind of an itania vibe but unfortunately that flashy direction does kind of like go away within the last part and becomes pretty standard but ultimately my biggest issue with this movie is like what george said i think it just rushes over everything too quickly because there's so much involved in this story that like a lot of the actual plotting happens so fast that it's really hard to connect to anything that's going on to be honest like it is just like okay jim baker's doing this and now this is happening and now this happened and now you know what i mean it's just like boom 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 and so much of pivotal development is done through like montaging that it just kind of gets tiresome after a while but I still think um, Jessica Chastain. So I understand the point that's like, yeah, maybe we should give the actress to someone who is playing a more nuanced role and not someone that is pre-existing. But at the same time, like, I think what is special about Jessica Chastain's performance in the eyes of Tammy Faye is the fact that she actually genuinely brings gravitas and emotion to the character. I think it would have been really easy for someone to take that character and make them the punchline of every joke. And you can tell that Jessica Chastain, along with the movie, has love and appreciation for the Tammy Faye character and the person in general and kind of shows a bit of a redemption arc. It's more of a figuring out how you've been sold to this thing and trying to make a path after that, which was a really interesting way to take the thing. So I do think with the cast and even the direction, especially within the first half, if this would have been flushed out into five or six episodes, I think you would have had something that was really damning and powerful. And as it is, it's like perfectly like fine and um, entertaining. And I think genuinely has really powerful, impactful moments scattered throughout and as some that are just like you know fluff and so like ultimately like it, it, it's pretty good yeah this is all right that's, that's about it it's pretty good yeah sure yeah i, I think like going into it you guys knew a bit more about tammy faye because of your like interest in televangelists and stuff <laughs> That sounds yeah, weird. This is actually a legitimate I mean, thing. It's all because of the atheist content I watch. Yeah. But I yeah. Will say, I will say that um, Jim Baker, oh, uh, like in the end of the movie, it's like, yeah, Jim Baker got out of prison and now he's doing his show again, right? He's doing his show in Branson, Missouri, which I won't give my exact location, but I live about 30 minutes away from there. <laughs> and I'm going into videography and literally... I one time got a message. I was like, hey, you have the qualifications to be Jim Baker's videographer. Would you want to apply to that? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a very interesting story. 
um i just wish that the the way they told that story was a bit a, a bit less conventional um because it's it's a really wild tale and uh if you got like a director like craig gillespie who did i Tonya, yes who knows how to like tell that story <laughs> in an electric way then i think you could have gotten something special or if you got a, a mini series, because Michael Showalter is a is a pretty talented guy. Like I really like The Big Sick. I thought that was a Zoe great Kazan. movie. Yeah, and I I love. I mean, part of I it because of that script. That script was so good. I mean, there wasn't much to his direction, but still, I thought it was a great movie. So I I just don't think the way that he chose to tell this story was anything outstanding and and this story required someone who was going to take that and do something a bit different with it because it it's not your typical biopic story but he he directed it like um someone would direct a music biopic like respect or uh judy or something like that and i i think that's doing a big disservice to this story but it's I mean, Jessica Chastain, like George said, she's she's really great, but I personally wouldn't like to see her win for this just because she has she's capable of, of better roles. And I think it's a bit much and a bit hammy at times, but she'll definitely be nominated. And I think we'll definitely see the, the movie in uh, makeup and hairstyling as well. Yeah. So what I'll say <coughs> about um, the race here, like people are just now like, they seem to be just like, it's like, oh, it's Kristen Stewart versus Jessica Chastain. The thing about it is, is that one, there is a chance that neither of them win. And the winner is fucking, you know, Olivia Coleman, maybe, for The Lost no. Daughter. <laughs> no. We'll talk about that. Um, there's something about the fact that Spencer is more likely to crack a Best Picture nomination than Tammy Faye. Like, and I do have Spencer on my top ten. Um, I also have Pablo Lorraine in for Best Director. We'll talk about that another day. Um so, you know, you have the Best Picture nominee that would, you know, beat it out. Diana being a much... Like, Diana is very well known all around the world. Like, I mean, I'm very much a Yank, not British at all, but I know who Princess Diana is, and I've known for almost my whole life. People outside of the United States don't really know who Tammy Baker is. And that's because the rest of the world for the most part is much more secular than the U S is like, you know, there, you have all the Christian nationalist bullshit that happens here with these people and these televangelists are popular here, but like in the UK and in Europe, for example, and in Eastern Asia, no one really knows who Tammy Faye is because they're not, they're not very religious or at least not as religious as us. So that probably affects it. 
and also I think the BAFTAs are going to determine this as well because I, I don't see a reason why Kristen Stewart would get snubbed, especially with the rule that like the top two on the shortlist automatically get nominated and can't be affected by the jury. Um, it's the new rule. I think Chas. So I think Stewart, as long as she's like number one front runner the whole way, she'll be fine. But I don't know. I think Jessica Chastain could falter for that. And she, and if that happens, I think the jury will snub her. And so that will, that will hurt her the same way it hurt Carrie and Viola last year. It also, even if they do both get nominated, Kristen Stewart could win and pull like an Olivia Coleman because like, you know, everyone was like Glenn Close is finally going to win her Oscar for the wife. And then Olivia Coleman won the BAFTA and then she won the Oscar as well. So is Jessica Chastain this year's Glenn Close and Kristen Stewart is Olivia Coleman? I don't know. But I feel, I, I think that's a possibility that could happen. And I, don't think that should be underestimated. So I'm not going along with, you know, like the Oscars. It's like, how is Jessica Chastain not the front runner? You know, you know, the film drunk went crazy about her too and all that shit. But I, I, I that this is why I have Kristen at number one still. This is why I have Camille Cabello as my number one. No. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> Well, well, really, it's going to be Addison Rae, but, you know. Um, anyway. Oh, yeah, that was such a great performance. Loved it. So, then we have The Humans, which um, sounds really exciting. It's a movie I've been excited for. Tristan, you have seen it? Talk about it. Yeah, I love The Humans. It's, it's a great movie. <laughs> That's all I have to say. No, uh, it's, yeah, it's super good. Um, this is a movie, though, that is very puzzling. And it's very well thought out. And it's not your typical stage to move, movie adaptation. And I think the way that the, the director decides to tell this story is super unconventional and I really dug it and I think it leaves a lot for the audience to um, kind of chew on but I don't know if everyone's gonna love it and I don't want to say much about it plot wise just because it's a movie that I think you should go in and experience knowing as little as possible because it, it is it is a very different kind of film I haven't seen anything like it I mean the the most like tonal tone wise, the the thing, the only like movie I can really compare it to is the Coen Brothers, A Serious Man. And even that it doesn't really. I, I don't really think that's the most accurate comparison, but uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed it and I think it's a movie I definitely need to watch again to really grasp because there's so much going on, um, but it's funny and thought-provoking and just a really unique look at a family crumbling and falling apart but also 
trying to connect at all costs. Um, and it's a genre defining, defying. And uh, I wonder how it's going to do at the Oscars because now that it's A24 has this Showtime deal where they're just kind of putting it in a few theaters and then playing it on Showtime. I don't know how widely seen it's going to be because it, it was supposed to be this big Oscar thing. And it got great reviews, but audiences were a little mixed on it because it is weird. Um, I would love to see Richard Jenkins get in here. I think he delivers a phenomenal performance. And he has one scene in particular that definitely could be qualified as an Oscar scene. Uh, Jane Hootie Shell is also very good. She's very funny. Uh, she, I believe, won the Tony or at least was nominated. She won the Tony, yeah. She won, yeah. So it's a it's a meaty role. Um, the rest of the performers, though, I, I don't really see getting anything, even though they're, they are, like, big actors. Beanie Feldstein doesn't really do anything outstanding. I mean, it's the same kind of character she always plays. And uh, Amy Schumer impressed me a lot. I really liked Amy Schumer in this role. Uh, it's it's an understated role for her. Uh, and then Stephen Yun is is more of a comedic role. Uh, but screenplay I could see possibly happening just because if they're really like, although the direction is, is a little uh, polarizing, I think the screenplay is inviting. There's a lot of humor in it and there's a lot to connect to in terms of dialogue. Uh, and sound is incredible. The sound is so unique in the way that the director plays with different sounds to throw the audience off and put them on edge. Um, and I could, I could also make an argument for production design as well, because uh, with a lot of these New York set movies, um, they're always set in these big giant loft apartments, but this is very accurate to what an apartment in the city actually looks like for someone just starting out like it's it's very run down and small and narrow hallways and the the production designs really a character so i can make an argument for so many different categories i mean cinematography as well but i just don't know if it's going to happen just because the movie is just so odd yeah i um that's, that's what I've heard. And um, I did remove it from my best picture lineup. I put fucking House of Gucci back on. Fuck my life. Um, I am still excited to see it. I am probably going to really enjoy it. It sounds like something I would love. But it does sound a little too A24 for best picture. And... And honestly, you know, pending the Macbeth reactions, which are dropping on Friday, I don't think A24 is going to have a Best Picture nominee this year. Uh, yeah. Anyway, fuck my life. <laughs> um, the Hand of God, a film that Tristan's very excited for. Yeah, I can't wait. Tristan's very excited for it. Andre has seen it. I, I have seen it. It's a bit of horny, right? Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's a Sorrentino film. Oh no, Youth is pretty horny. I don't know. I mean, I mean, it has a lot of naked butts, but that's about it. 
<laughs> there's a lot of nudity in general. I know there's uh, a lot of nudity. That's so funny. I'm sorry. I don't know if it'd be worse than youth, but it's not far off. Isn't it really pure? That's what it looks like. Um, looks I mean, yeah. I mean, it is kind of, it is wholesome, but in a horny way. Um, like Titan. I mean, Titan's not really wholesome, but it's like pure in a horn. It's not Titan's not horny. Is the problem okay? It's not <laughs> really. It's uh, no. It's it genuinely is not like there is a lot of nudity <laughs> in Titan, but it's not in a horny way it's more in an artistic sense and i guess hand of god is artistic as well but it also comes off as a little horny as well or you know also i like this is right where we go to with hand of god the one that wait, what award didn't win at venice i think it won silver lion for second place it won yeah once the silver lion and we're just talking about how horny it might be <laughs> um just explain okay, what so you thought here, about the here. movie yeah is it good? okay slight spoiler for hand of god if you look at their letterbox thumbnail um what those people are looking at is a naked lady okay just for context of wait really wait wait movie. wait i'm looking at this right now yeah, they're staring like it, I'm pretty sure it's cropped or like they're staring right at a naked bathing, sunbathing woman in it. What so, did you think about the context? Yeah. Huh? Oh my <laughs> goodness gracious me. Um, but oh, like I'm not even troll. Okay, so the whole film, it's like, it's like very pure. I know we're talking about how it is, but it is very pure. It is very pure. And it's like the first half is actually almost played as a comedy. The funny thing is, so I watched it at Venice. It's um, it feels like it wasn't necessarily made for me because like everyone else was just like bawling their eyes out at the film. And I was just sitting there and like not really laughing it, but I was enjoying it. But like people were like, just laughing like crazy i don't know but it was it was a good experience um but i mean it is fun it's like you get a really good sense of the italian culture in the 1980s and that's really cool to see and um yeah yeah it's like it does change tones a tiny bit halfway through but overall not not a whole lot really i heard it's very sad People are like saying it like they were bawling their eyes out on Letterboxd. I mean, they were bawling their eyes out because they're laughing. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's it doesn't the- end on. <laughs> it doesn't end on like the most happy note. I I, I actually yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was a good movie. Good movie. Yeah. Do you think it'll to. be a? I, knew, like- I want. I would like to watch it again because I did watch it fairly late at night after watching the entire scenes of a marriage for five hours so yeah do you think it's going to be like a roma type best picture Mm, i don't know it's a bit it's not an american movie type to be honest it's like it's very italian like call me by your name yeah oh but it's, it's in subtitles which makes it even harder for it to get 
like best picture noms and stuff which is still possible um I'm thinking it this might, is I, kind of more like another round or something. It might be more like another round, to be honest. Where it's but like a, it's it wins. It is it is made it it is owned by Netflix, so they might be able to push it better than another round did. But um, yeah, yeah. I was thinking this could be a best picture thing. I had Sorrentino, like in my five. I, I took him out for Pablo Lorraine after, you know, all the reactions came in. And yeah, I'm thinking this is going to compete for the one in international feature. I don't know if I would call it a lock because Sorrentino has won there before. Yeah. But I do, yeah, I do think it'll, it's definitely getting nominated for best foreign film, which is I, kind of a given, but I would, I think, you know, based on the trailer, I would like to see cinematography, but that is stacked to shit right now. Yeah, that's that's super iffy because every there's so many much good cinematography films this year. Yeah, time. you know, and you've also got like Spencer and you know, Dune, mm. Power of the Dog, Nightmare yeah. Alley, Macbeth, you know, like those types of films. Yeah, so. <laughs> What? Potentially licorice pizza, Soho. Okay, licorice pizza. I don't think it's going to be eligible because it's PTA, like doing his oh, group yeah, effort true. cinematography thing again. That's so true. I don't think they're. I don't think it's going to be eligible. Wait, what type of cinematography? He uh. So like for Phantom like Thread, he he just didn't have a DP. He doesn't have a yeah. He doesn't have a cinematographer. Oh, okay. he, he shot it himself. Pretty much. I mean, and, and like Caron a gaffer. The... Yeah, I thought say Caron did that for Roma. Right? Yeah, but he yeah. doesn't credit anybody. Yeah, like Alfonso's credited. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, there's also the Lost Daughter, which um, I've been interested in. Andre, uh, the reviews. Who else has be... seen it? Who else have seen Lost Daughter? Please. I mean, there's people mm, who are reviewing it. Okay. So, yeah. Andre, just like talk about it, because you know. look, there's so much I love about this movie. I love the story. I like the characters. It looks good. I thought the acting was very good. Um, the pacing I thought was pretty not good, as in it was a very boring movie for me. And the lady sitting next to me throughout the entire film kept on asking me like every five seconds when the movie would end and <laughs> complained about the runtime. So that did not help either. And yeah. Who <laughs> that? that was, so she's like half an hour in. She's like, so how long is this film? Hey, do you have the time? <laughs> so that honestly, I would like to watch this movie again. Because, like, it's a very good debut feature for Maggie Gyllenhaal. And the lady next to me did taint it a bit. Um, a slight amount. So, but yeah, I did find it to be quite slow and boring when I watched it, to be honest. Um, but I do think Olivia Coleman should get an Oscar nom, at least for Best Actress. Because she is, in fact, very good. 
Yeah, the the movie is getting like good reviews. It has an eighty-eight. Yeah, on Metacritic. No, I, I, yeah, I was like generally so. shocked that like I'm the only one who disliked the movie. It seems. Yeah, <laughs> and the person next to me, Austin, might be the only person disliking it too. So. Yeah, 100% I hope that's the case. One hundred percent of Rotten Tomatoes as well. It's like. Because I, I don't like to put negative stuff about movies, but like I did think it was a bit long. I think it yeah. could have been like 20 minutes shorter, to be honest, or so. And it would have yeah. been, I would have loved it a lot. And there's like some people who, you know, they say, oh, this is Olivia Coleman's best performance, which having seen mm. the favorite, doubt. Um, She's very good. I mean, but she's also very good in everything, so it's yeah, yeah. I'm like having seen the favorite, I highly doubt it's her best performance. Best performance is definitely Mitchell's versus the machines. No, no, she's no, she's better in Hot Fuzz. Oh, I'll yeah. say that, yeah. Um, so <laughs> I wonder if I, I think Olivia Coleman's definitely like in the hunt for a nomination. I don't see why she wouldn't be. Um, winning could be a little bit tough, though. And she did mm. just win an Emmy, so... Yeah, but Olivia Coleman's just great, okay? Yeah, yeah I'm cool with that. I don't like Meryl Streep. Olivia Coleman rules. I'm okay if she gets nominated for everything she's in. I yeah. yeah. overrated. I, I really like her as a person, but as an actress, I... Oh, no. You're just salty that she won <laughs> and Lady Gaga didn't. I mean, yeah. No, Kristen's just salty that she's British and he's not. That's true. <laughs> You're Canadian. That's really true. You're Canadian. That's close enough. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um. So then we have uh, Parallel Mothers by Pedro Amadovar. Oh, God. What even is that movie? Uh, it's a, it's <laughs> Wait, Brett, do you, have you seen any movies from him, Pedro Almodovar? No, I haven't, but I, I, at New York, like everyone was like, I need to get the tickets to Parallel Mother. It's like, what is this? Movie? He, um, I mean, it's he's sort of the director of Pain of Glory, uh, The Skin I've, I Live In. I've seen two of his movies, I've seen two of them. Yeah, I've seen a um, few. He's really good. Yeah, I've seen a few. He's a very good director. I was quite excited for this movie, but I thought it was kind of strange. I did I overall did like enjoy, enjoy this movie, but it was strange because half of it it really subverts to what you think is going to happen, and then like the middle of it, you really have no idea what's going to happen next, and. Every other scene is super by the numbers and probably like the most predictable and obvious route to go. Um, so I found that to be a little off putting for me, to be honest. But um, acting wise, I did think all the performances were very good. And I guess the whole the, the story it seems like something you would have seen before, but haven't yet. So that's kind of cool. 
but it did seem quite similar to his other film, which I just happened to watch like the week before going to Venice, which was um, all about my mother and had a lot of similarities to that. Yeah, that's what I've heard. It seems like All About My Mother meets um, Volver, which is one of the Amadovar films I've watched. Um, Yeah. Maybe Volver is just because Penelope Cruz is in it. But Mm. Penelope Cruz won the Volpe Cup for Best Actress over Kristen Stewart and Olivia Colman. Um, Okay. I think she's very good in it. So... And yeah, some people say like this is her best performance since Volver. It's her best performance ever, which is best interesting. Best performance since Volver didn't uh, wait. Didn't that one she won for come? No, uh, she won for Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Yeah, but that was after mm. Volver, right? Yeah, yeah, Volver was the year of the Queen. Oh. I don't know, Vicky. I, I know because I'm watching all the best actress nominees since 2000. She's super good in Vicky Christina Barcelona. I mean, she's just a. Great I mean, I haven't seen that, but general, so. I haven't seen that one, but she's really amazing in Volver. I gotta see Volver. Yeah, but... it's it's kind of weird how like after Pain and Glory dropped, everyone just like unanimously decided Pedro Almodovar is one of the biggest directors right now. And now every movie he makes, people are like, ah, I got to see it. And now he's like this huge. But he's like been around for a while. He's a fucking Oscar winner. I know, but I barely even knew him before Pain and Glory. And now everyone talks about him. I need to watch any of his movies, I guess. I don't know why I haven't. Talk to her is really good. He should. He he won screenplay for Talk to Her. Yeah. Skin I Live in is, yeah. Jim is like kind of a mask. Skin I Live in is but... the other Almodovar movie I've seen. I haven't yeah. seen anything else. I heard Skin I Live I mean, that one's crazy. It, it's cool. It, that movie's that that movie's very dope. But like the problem, the one thing with Parallel Mothers is um like the more I think about it ever since, I don't really care for it as much. Like I really liked it the second I walked out of the theater, but I'm more or less mid on it at the moment. So So that's a bit different with other movies, which is I yeah. Know. I don't think this would get best picture. I honestly yeah, don't, I don't I don't even think, think it's so. like a lock for international. I think there could be a snub incoming here. You know, they did snub. I mean, I'd be there. fine if it got nominated for best foreign or international films. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they they, they did snub Volver after all. So yeah. Um, then there's the last duel. <laughs> Another movie only Andre has seen. The only other movie I've seen. Right. So here's the only thing I knew about this movie before watching it is like Ben Affleck and uh, Matt Damon have like the most goofy haircuts imaginable. Um, but yeah, those haircuts work super well in this film, just saying. And um, I really like the movie, like, a lot. Um, it's my second favorite of the festival, actually. Which, um, my, is, is, I do, I will say I do like this movie more, a lot more than pretty much everyone else I've talked to. Which is a bit strange, but, like, oh, it's cool. Um, 
I'll try not to spoil it, but it's like uh they pretty much show like the literally exact same like 30 minute segment three times in a row without getting stale by showing just different perspectives of the different characters in it um and like a lot of changes in this film are very subtle it's kind of like it's a lot like rashomon it's a lot it's pretty much rashomon okay this whole movie's Loki just Rashomon with Matt Damon and Adam Driver with goofy haircuts. And Jodie Comer. Pretty much. And Jodie Comer taking place in the 1300s. Um, and jo- Oh, yeah. So one thing is that actually really stands out is Jodie Comer, especially in the last third of the film. And um, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if she got nominated for, like, anything for this because she's very good mm-hmm. um and almost I, I wouldn't say carries the movie but she definitely stands out versus everybody else um so that was uh, that was actually very the whole movie for me was very unexpected i didn't really think it was going to be good just based off of ridley scott's track record but it definitely is like my favorite film from him since The Martian, which is cool. Yeah. Um, I, I gave The Martian like a five out of ten, but like five out of ten. Okay, I really like The Martian. Well, I really love. I, I love The Martian. Okay. Why are you pulling me? I'm right. Why are you pulling me? I'm right. Five out of ten is hard. Five out of ten, more like five out of five. Am I right? Okay. So, anyways, it's like a seven. The last... Yeah, it's like okay. A seven. Well, fine. I do think it's his best film of like. I would say it's better than The Martian, honestly. Um, but I would okay. want to rewatch The Last Duel. So, do you like be sure on that. But I do really like The Martian. So, um. Okay. Anyways, the actual last duel in it is that actually very good too. So it's all right. And like, I don't know. It's I thought the pacing of this entire film was good. There were some concerns I had about this movie before it like came out. One of them is that they were going to show like. So the story of this movie, for people who don't know, I don't explain this for context, is uh, Jodie Comer accuses um, Adam Driver's character of rape, uh, of raping her. And, you know, the king, Ben Affleck, you know, is like putting her on trial. And then Matt Damon challenges Adam Driver to a duel and says, and the whole point is, you know, whoever whoever dies is the one in the wrong here so like if adam if adam driver wins then he's innocent if adam driver loses he's guilty like type of thing one of my main concerns was they were like someone at a test screening posted on reddit saying like they show the rape scene in a very graphic way and that was one of my major major concerns is that true andre is that is it graphic? I I mean, that's all relative, to be honest. Um, for me, it wasn't graphic. I mean, it was kind of intense, to be honest. But I graphic, not really. I do think they showed everything they needed to show, and 
they wasn't overly excessive. Okay. And another thing I that can yeah, that's actually kind of shocking to hear that someone would say graphic, but I mean everyone has a different opinion on this type of things too. So yeah, and another thing that concerned me was that Jody Comer was going was going to get less screen time than Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, which no. I mean, I mean, they all shared the screen relatively equally, um, but. Yeah, her performance definitely shines through. It's just the thing is for me, it's like if you would want to yeah. show like if you're going to do a story like this, you should probably like focus a lot on the victim more yeah. so than this movie seems to. But well, I, I guess that's, you know, well, I, I mean, it's about the last. I mean, rule, it, right? OK, I don't want to spoil it, but like they spend about 30 percent focusing on Jody Comer of the movie. Okay. Violet Comer? So. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, every time Jody Comer is mentioned, Violet Comer is banned from being mentioned. Let's make that a rule. Yes. They're definitely related. Um, yeah. But, like, even on another note, uh, I'm trying not to spoil it, but, like, <laughs> You know, in these type of movies, you always have, like, the knight saving the lady at the end of the day. And it, I guess it is kind of like that in this movie, but it's also equally, like, stressed on Jodie Comer's character as well. So it's not necessarily as she's being saved. Most embarrassing moment of your life. I don't know good why stuff. they came up with my but... <laughs> but like, yeah, that's that's good stuff. But like, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So then yeah. there's last night in Soho. Which Soho. Tristan Soho. and Andre have seen. Brett is insanely excited. Crying in the it. corner. Yeah, but he hasn't seen. I, it. Um, I, I I wish I wish I wish this was me. Um. Last Night of Soho is going to change my life. Like, when I get out of that movie, I'm going to become a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All God right. Um, what I will Tristan say, Brett, is I hope you're not disappointed when you watch yeah. the movie because, like, she's not actually a raccoon. Just yeah, she's, just, she's not a raccoon. She she's, she's just a girl who dresses up with makeup. Yeah, so don't, don't, don't go <laughs> Not very often. <laughs> the movie's not about raccoon girls, okay? She's she's in it for like five seconds in the trailer, and that's pretty much how much she's in, the counter in, in, in like, the movie. I want my money back if there was no raccoon girl. <laughs> uh, she does dress as a raccoon for an extended um, period of time. Yes. <laughs> and there's so, yeah. also Raccoon Boy. I've been excited oh, for this movie for like four years of my life. And like I've been putting it on the oh yeah, there'll be a before last night of Soho and an after last night of Soho and the way I think about things. I don't know. I have a lot of expectations. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Here's the thing. I was very anticipated and excited for this movie as well. Um let's say I'm I was more excited for it than pretty much any other movie. That is currently announced. Um, is Edgar so, Wright's and, your favorite director ever? Right? Yeah, Edgar Wright's my favorite director. I do like him just spinning off, doing whatever he really wants to make. 
or make whatever he really wants to make. And on top of that, I really love Anya Taylor-Joy. That doesn't hurt. And also, he also has like an extra gear to work on this movie if he truly wanted to tweak anything, which I guess that could be a bad thing as in, you know, he wasn't in the creative moment for that entire period. But I do think that possibly could have helped just fine tune some stuff for the film. And um, yeah, I really like this movie a lot. Uh, it was my favorite of the festival and of this year so far. Um, I would argue it might objectively be Edgar Wright's best film, but it but so far isn't necessarily my favorite. But I do think it handles like <laughs> stop falling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay so i do think it handles like everything with such um carefulness i want to say um even though it's in a let's see yeah that's pretty much what i wanted to say oh yeah um oh brett i think i i'm going to put soho above belfast again okay belfast yeah yeah Um, i put it above kissing booth three if that Whoa, means anything. Yeah, I know. Damn. I know. Too much. It's a bit um, not excessive. Yeah, I like Edgar Wright. Um, not to the degree of Andre or Brett here, but he I, has a I, cute dog. Yeah, he's a very talented director. Um, and I love the Cornetto trilogy, especially Hot Fuzz and The World's End. But I what? was that's the best one. Don't leave it out. Oh, it's my least favorite of the three. That's so. That's stupid. fair, but it is. Really I mean, good. all I I like all of them. So I think, <laughs> I think <laughs> my hot take is I think Hot Fuzz is equally, equal, but but I think Hot Fuzz is easily the weakest of the three. But I still love it. I will I will argue that. Oh, to make you right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I I was waiting for him to uh to make because he was making these comedies, which is awesome. But I knew he was a huge horror buff so i was really excited for him to finally make a horror movie and he he did it so well i i'd love to see him continue in this style because this is a an awesome movie i think people who go in expecting something very psychological may be a bit disappointed because i did find that while the aesthetics are very much uh argento i i think that the the tone of the movie and the way it plays out is a bit more Craven, uh, like Wes Craven or John yes. Carpenter. It's yeah. got like vibes like that. And I think it's a movie that while not everyone at the festival circuit loved it, mass audiences are going to eat it up. Like it is so fun, but it also has a lot to say, uh, not just about mm-hmm. like, not just about like, uh, you know, sexual assault and stuff like that, but also um, glamorizing the the past and and being yourself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I really connected to the main character. I like. I don't think I've ever seen a movie where like I I'm watching the movie and I'm like, whoa, I'm literally that main character. Like it was crazy. Uh, Thomas and Mackenzie deserves like a Nobel Peace Prize for this role. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's 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 valid. Sam, 
No, okay, she does. She's so good in it. Um, Anya Taylor Joy is really good too, but I actually think Thomason carries it. Uh, and yeah, it's 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 an awesome movie. It should be nominated for like a ton of awards, but I don't know if it's going to be. Um, although I could see it getting nominated for makeup because the raccoon makeup is amazing and everyone's talking about it, so that could happen. Everyone's mm. talking about that raccoon makeup. The I agree. Yeah. I okay, put uh, Tristan, what'd you think of the ending? Because a lot of people I talked to were very mid on the ending of this movie. Did you, did you like like it? I get why they were mid on it, but I did like it a lot. I know because like. It's so cool. Um, okay. Well, anyways. Um, so what you were saying before is if it could, I do think it actually could get nominated for some awards as in potentially a best picture nomination, just because there's so many like slots open this year too. Um, and I do think it might not be able to get into there because like, even though it has a fairly heavy subject matter, it kind of, is I do think it handles that very well. Um, just implementing all that into just a piece of entertainment, if that makes sense. Um, where it's like it's noticeable if you want to look for it, and it is pretty on the nose, but like it's still very fun and fast paced. It, it sometimes too. Yeah, yeah, it's got a great energy to it. And yeah, like you said, even though it is like it handles some pretty heavy subject matter, it's also like a, a ton of fun. And it's it's kind of harkens back to those old fashioned fun um, yeah. horror movies that like people it's like, go see around Halloween. Yeah, it's totally like a 70s horror film, but modernized. For sure. Yeah, very much so. And um it gives yeah. me like big nightmare on Elm Street vibes. Vibes, totally. Yeah. And um, also, okay, just another side note. Um, I hear a lot of like, or a lot. I guess like the biggest biggest criticism you can make about Edgar Wright's previous films were that he just like doesn't handle female characters whatsoever, like that are good. Okay, I've said that bad, but like pretty much all his female characters in his other movies are just poorly written and pretty much just service the main character. But it does kind of make sense under that context because they are just side characters. But um, in this film, I do think he handles pretty much every single female character super well, even the side characters as well. But yeah, for sure. It, it kind of rolls on that aspect, too. It's a very female-driven movie. And um, actually, I do think it's really cool to see him, like, working on that aspect as well. That is something that intrigues me about this movie, for sure. And the thing about it is, is like, if it, I, I, I have this feeling I might be underwhelmed by the movie at the end of the day. Because... Yeah, like not for any like specific reason. It's just kind of like it just seems like the movie that I'd be really hyped for, and just be like, okay, well, I enjoyed that. Yeah, but, like, is that movie like incredible? Like, here's the thing. I was um, 
I was I watched it twice. I was slightly underwhelmed the first time just because I like fairly high expectations for it, and I just the whole film is a bit more low key and takes place than Edgar Wright's other movies. It takes place literally in like two locations, pretty much. Um, but it's like a self-contained horror film it works so well and the second time i watched it the film flew by felt like literally one hour um instead of two which is kind of crazy and um yeah and just like other, edgar wright's other movies it's very rewatchable as in there's a bunch of details you can pick up that are foreshadowed in the beginning that are later revealed at the end of it. So I thought that was kind of interesting to see as well. Okay. Um, then there's happening the golden lion winner kind of oh, breaking yeah. the streak of like golden lion winners being nominated for best picture. Um, mm, yeah, I don't very briefly I, I, talk I, about it because it seems like it could be an international briefly. connection contender. Okay. Yeah. No, I thought that it was, I pretty much wa- walked into it thinking it would just be a just some heavy-ish movie that I was hearing about. Um, then I watched it. It, w- it was very heavy. It was also very, very intense, which I wasn't expecting. Um, it, the subject matter is on abortion. Um, and I guess I, I've liked... On movies about abortion, I typically don't care for just because I think they're usually boring and could be summed up into like a 30 minute short film. But this film, it's like, it's a hundred minutes, but it felt like it used all of those very wisely um, to say wanted. It also takes place in 1960s France. So it's kind of cool to see a um, shoot, just a film taking place during then where just times are very different than they are now on just, I guess, a very current matter. Um, but the all the acting is great, and I think it's also very well paced, which I wasn't really expecting because the entire movie flew by for me very quickly as well. And... Um, I guess I wouldn't call it like a horror, but like it was definitely like the scariest movie I saw there. And pretty much me, along with everyone else in the theater, were kind of gasping and holding our hands behind our eyes, in front of our eyes, watching it. So I do think it fully deserves winning the Golden Lion, though, because it was my favorite film that I watched at the festival that um played in competition okay yeah um so it, it seems like it could be like a contender for france's submission for international because i mean let's okay. face it I, there's, there's it is no better way. than titan it's better than titan. yeah i was gonna say I'll there's say no that. way they're gonna nominate they're gonna submit titan um uh, i mean I, that'd be funny well, but honestly no i don't the voters are just in the mood to be honest, I don't I don't know that they're gonna submit this one either because they typically France typically That's just, true. They make they make really shitty decisions when it comes to picking I think um, they actually might submit um oh, petite Mumam. That, <laughs> that's probably more likely than Teton at least. Because here's the thing, France well, like, 
they always yeah. just submit whatever they perceive as being safer. So, mm. like when portrait, like when they didn't submit Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Portrait of mm. a Lady on Fire is actually not very well received in France, believe it or not. I didn't know this until earlier this year, but it's not really like it's not received as well as it is elsewhere in the world, which is mind blowing. But you know, it's true, and that's probably why they didn't submit it. They submitted Les Mis, which is you know more accessible. Mm. But even then, I wouldn't say Happening's very accessible, to be honest. Um, it's very good. <laughs> it, I even then, I don't know if the Academy would nominate this movie anyway. It is about yeah. someone getting an abortion. They don't really take yeah. that t- subject very kindly. And I know someone is going to say, like, oh, well, the Academy's changing. They're becoming bolder and stuff, you know. I mean, they wouldn't nominate Promising Woman 10 years ago. I agree with that. They snubbed never rarely, sometimes always for everything. They snubbed the abortion help like this is Lisa in documentary or documentary short. I don't remember. They're still not very like warm to it. And even with, with never rarely, I saw like some, like there was some member, uh, old member who looked at the screener for never rarely or watched part of it or whatever and emailed them, the person who sent it to him saying this movie is horrible it's atrocious you know it's like pro-abortion you know 75 million people are against you or blah 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 you know all the trump dog whistling and stuff so yeah i don't think this movie would have a chance if it was going to be submitted and france isn't even that good at getting nominated anymore yeah We'll see. Because, like, it did win the Golden Lion. I do think it's a lot better than sometimes really, sometimes never rarely, okay. sometimes I can, always. Sometimes rarely, sometimes always. I can never see that title, but um, I do think it's a lot better than that on how it su- handles the subject matter or just portrays the entire story as well. Yeah. Um, I see what you're saying. And this whole film seems a lot more unique. I want to say so. Yeah. Who knows? I would like to see it get nominated at least um, for best or international film at least. Um, Boss, I don't know if it would win just because of the subject matter and all. It wouldn't. It definitely wouldn't win. I. I, I have, win. Yeah. I have my skepticism of it getting nominated as well. Yeah. So. Um. Now we got to talk about the worst person in the world before we log off here. Oh yeah, let's go. So, last movie uh, I want to talk about that anyone anyone else has seen is the worst person in the world. This is my favorite movie of the year. I fucking love this movie. It's like so unique, down to earth, just relatable. Like, like it basically is the definition of relatable. And it's just so like, like it's a it's a joyful film. It's a happy film, but it's also a sad film, and it balances those those tones really well, like better than most movies that try to do that. And it just kind of it, it connects with me, especially at this time in my life. You know, it really deeply connects with me. And it's just a fucking masterpiece. 
the star of this movie, Renate Reinsva, if there was justice in this world, she would be winning Best Actress. Like, it, it wouldn't even be a contest. She would just win. I mean, it's like if you were to take Jill Clayburgh and an unmarried woman, Carrie Mulligan and an education, and Greta Gerwig and Frances Ha, and put them all into one performance. It's just so much grace, humanity, vulnerability, like all wrapped it like in one performance. And Renate Rhines, but just fucking real rules here. And like, Honestly, I don't even know any performer, alive or dead, who could do that, or not many, at least. And she, oh my gosh, she's so fucking good. Um, like she is legitimately worthy of a Best Actress win. Uh, of course, the the screenplay is also fantastic. Um, by Joachim Trier. Um, there's other supporting performers as well, like Anders Danielson Lee and um, Herbert, uh, I don't know what his last name is, who are both really incredible. Um, the filmmaking, on a filmmaking standpoint as well, there's, I don't want to spoil it, but there's a certain scene in this movie. It's the scene on the poster where like the filmmaking and directing is on like a really high level and it really elevates the movie. It's the best scene in the movie. And it's just so brilliant. It's, it's very well edited too, especially in terms of pacing. I guess there's like 12 chapters in this movie, but like, it doesn't feel like it's trying to like make you watch like an epic. It's really, it's really fast paced. And the movie overall was just brilliant. Like, I I think this could honestly win international film. I think it should. I hope it does. And, oh, my God. It, I, I fucking love this movie. It's my favorite movie of the year. Uh, yeah, I'm so glad I got to see it. Justin, please go first. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, first of all, uh, I also agree with you. Uh, first of all, I'm very tired, so I, I don't really know what to say because I'm, like, falling asleep here. But um, I love this movie. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's my favorite of the year. Uh, Renee Reinsva, is that how you say it? Renate. Oh, is Really? yeah oh cool uh she is unbelievably good like one of the most well-rounded performances i've seen in quite some time uh and completely deserving of a nomination um joachim trier I've, I've seen most of his movies but this is definitely his most stylish and impressive from a directing standpoint he puts so much into this movie and like george said it's relatable but it's it's warm, but it also, um, I think it really exposes uh, the hardships of growing up and especially like coming of age later in your life, like in your 
late twenties, early thirties. Uh, and I'm not quite at that time yet, but I really connected to some of her struggles and it's, it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful movie. It's funny, but it's also got some really um, profound and, and deep moments as well. Uh, and yeah, I, I love to see this, uh, you know, get in for the Oscars. I just, I think it might just be a uh, best international feature thing. Yeah, but hopefully it wins. Yeah. Well, the hand of God could be really good too. Yeah. Oh. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Um. This tells you anything after I saw the movie. I was debating two and a half or three stars, and I settled on three. <laughs> um, I really don't get the hype for this movie. And the more and more I've stepped away from it, I'm still kind of confused why people like it so much. Um, it has really good moments. I think the majority of this movie is kind of unnecessary, to be completely honest. And I think I've thought about this for a bit. What? It seems like a movie with a bunch of vignettes that don't do or say anything. Except for like, oh, look at the girl. She's so quirky. Like, that's kind of the Bro, whole movie. what the fuck? Um, and like, you hey, know. You're, I, you're describing a pretty good movie to me. Okay. Yeah, to be, to be fair, there's that. But like. I know people are like, that's like Francis Hot, but I found the characters in Francis Hot to be so much more fleshed out and like wonderful than anyone in this movie. I remember to a certain point being like, if the movie like ended right now, I wouldn't care like where these characters ended up because I just didn't really feel like they were all that intriguing, honestly. And I just felt like everything was like kind of obvious, honestly. And so towards the end of the film, I was just like, it was really sad. And they had like intimate moments towards the end that I thought were nice. But I remember kind of just being like, okay, that was a movie. You know, I was, I was whelmed, I guess you could say. I I think, I think the main actress, like she's great. She's, she's, she's great. But I just don't, I guess I don't understand. Cause like right now, I'm in a certain position in my life where I'm trying to figure out where I'm exactly supposed to be. And it, it, it's a stressful, chaotic time. And, you know, I'm tired a lot and I'm, I'm stressed a lot. And I thought this would be sort of a catharsis from that and maybe a learning experience. And all I got was just some dopey girl making stupid decisions for like two hours. And watch the same the, fucking movie yeah that is and the movie was supposed to make you care for them and i was just like i, I think you like... watched halloween kills <laughs> but i i think that's kind of the point she like has no idea who she is and sure and, like within these vignettes it's like you're discovering a new part of her and she's discovering a new part of herself and it it's it's kind of like an epic odyssey because it spans like quite a few years and you see as she develops these different relationships and tries to figure out how like what these people mean to her and who she's going to be for the rest of her life and it's it's like 
I don't know. I I found it really profound and meaningful. Can I can I be honest? The movie you're describing, I think, sounds so much better than this movie. But well, we didn't watch the same movie. Yeah, I don't know. Man. Yeah, Brett kind of described Halloween Kills, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. Okay, yeah. I think I think genuinely this movie was overhyped for me for sure. Maybe if I went into it again, not thinking it was going to make me cry, that it would be interesting. But there's a lot of useless trash in this movie. I'm sorry. Like, there's a lot of scenes where I'm just like, why on earth did they, like, I think there's a lot of wasted time here. I think that's what I'm trying to say. I think there's legitimately really good, beautiful moments sandwiched in between kind of nonsense, you know? And it's like, I, I, I one time because like I, I love the mumblecore genre. I don't want to be like like I, I boyhood is like one of my favorite movies. I think every single scene is integral. I think every single part works. I think it's resonant. I think it's beautiful. But um I one time I remember writing a mumblecore scene for one of my classes and t- and the teacher wrote back and he was like, make sure everything counts or something like that. And I was like that's a dumb everything does count because you get to know more about the characters and i think i truly understand what he meant when i watched this movie because a lot of it was like aimless dialogue pointless scenes and then at the end they actually didn't amount to anything and i think there is a lot of this movie that amounts to something like the scene where the where time stops and like she walks around and stuff like stuff like that's beautiful it's totally great and profound and in other scenes where I don't know, she's just like drinking or running around or whatever. It, like the drug part, trip? Like the, that was dumb. Yeah. I mean, it that was, was awesome. I'll give, you, I'll give you that it was creative, but like, I don't know. But like, I guess there's some parts where I was just like, get to the point. And it, it, okay, what I'll say is to very much remind me of how I felt about The Irishman. Very similar. I was just Another like, okay, movie I think is a masterpiece. Get to the point. Get to the point. And then once, <laughs> once the Irishman gets to the point, cool, good movie. But it takes two and a half hours to get to the point. I think, and and the build up before then really doesn't matter that much. But I disagree. I think that build up is why the last thirty minutes is so meaningful because you get to yeah really understand that world and yeah, I understand. I understand that extent, but there's there's two there's two a moment where it is like so stretched stretched out, and what I would say is just Martin Scorsese kind of sleepwalking through his greatest hits. Oh man, no! Brett, what is it with your bad takes today? Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I Brett think... may have COVID. <laughs> He's losing his sense of tastes. <laughs> well, that dude, that was a that next was level. Pretty, that was pretty good. Yeah, Jesus um, fucking no. Christ. Um, I, think I mean, I would, I would give the worst person in the world a fresh tomato. I think if George I and I just run. It's, it's just, good. It's a good movie. I just think it's it's definitely flawed. And I guess the whole, like, it's a masterpiece. Like, I, I don't get that. I don't get it. I think it's very weird that people think that. But that's okay. I think it's better than Francis Ha. Am I weird? Oh, gosh. That's a horrible Hey, that's, that's tough. I love Francis Ha a lot. But this just, like, that end to me for this movie just hit so, like, so hard. I, I don't know. I, I just, I was so moved by the end of this movie. And especially... The second time, 
like the first time I was just so caught up in how creative it was. And then the second time I felt like I, I really experienced like a chapter in this character's life. And I, by the end of the movie, I felt like I really knew who she was as a person. And I, I don't know. I know some of the vignettes, like, like chapter, there's one chapter where she just writes like a Facebook post. And it's like, why is that part of the movie? But like the second, I, I, I and I get that, but like the, the second time I watched it, I realized, oh, it's like establishing her sense of humor and, and the fact that like, kind of like where she's coming from, from a writing standpoint and, and also kind of establishing her dynamic with, with Anders character um, because he's an author and, and she's trying to find her own voice and, and it, it harkens back to that in like a later scene with her di- like the dynamic with uh, the, the second guy and I don't know I, I just found it so interesting and I love yeah, exactly. how these vignettes flow and how like certain certain scenes like um, tie into like other scenes and it's like a web of like scenes I don't know. I, I just, I thought it was so creative and, and lovely. And I just, I love the movie so much. I love Francis Ha so much. Um, they, they inserted it into my belly. They opened up my belly and inserted the Blu-ray into it. So it's always a part of my digestive system. It's, I mean, it's an That's amazing movie. I love Francis Ha. <laughs> but like Francis Ha is so good. And then I saw Marriage Story and I'm like, whoa, it's just that much better. Oh yeah, I like Marriage Story a little more than Francis. Oh, it's next to my liver, but <laughs> how many movies do you have inside your body, Brett? Uh, <laughs> I think fifty-three. Well, Brett, the worst person in the world is my liver. So, oh nice. <laughs> Oh my lord, <laughs> it's literally processing my food as we speak. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, worst person in the world is goaded. Um, thank you George. don't listen don't listen to brett brett is um brett's brett has, talking about halloween kills brett has jungle worms right now it's, i said it's pretty good i i like brett that. has I, jungle I, worms I, right now don't listen to him um anyway so there's other movies that i'm excited for come on come on yeah. i god that that trailer was so good it like legit made me cry yeah. I'm not even kidding. That that trailer made me feel more than anything in the worst person in the world, not going to lie. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Red Rocket anyway. is yes. coming up. That looks amazing. Yeah, the Tragedy Macbeth premieres in two days as of the time we're recording this. I hear there's a twist in that movie where um, Denzel Washington inserts a Blu-ray in his liver. <laughs> um, it... <laughs> The teaser looks kind of like the lighthouse. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, I love the lighthouse so much. Um, and I sh- shout out a couple movies very quickly that I saw at TIFF that are good. The yes, Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> we saw that too. Should we talk about it? Oh, no. can we please? Okay, okay. What I'll say oh, is no. that freaking the worst person in the world looks like. Shawshank Redemption compared to Diaries. God, you just listed three goaded movies in one sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! No, absolutely not. Like, 
maybe the most awkward movie watching experience I've had in a long time. Like, I was just like, I was, I can't even imagine seeing it in a theater because I was just like uncomfortable. Like, I was like squirming. I was like, I can't believe they're actually like doing this. Um, It is like one of those movies that is so like poorly helmed that like Stephen Chbosky should be put in prison for 25 years. No bail. No, (laughs) Chbosky's amazing, okay? (laughs) Please, someone help him. (laughs) Damn, Brett. (laughs) I love Stephen Chbosky. I mean... Perks of Being Wallflower is one of my favorite movies ever. I like Wonder, and I I, I like Dear Evan Hansen a lot. So <laughs> you see, here's the thing: Wonder, I think, is like easily his best film. I don't like his other two movies, but I think Wonder's great. That is a crazy take. I mean, I get saying Wonder's better than Dear Evan Hansen, but I don't get Wonder's better than Perks. I think Wonder's is like a really sincere and honest adaptation of the book, which I also really like. Um. Perks of being a wallflower gives me too many like edgelord vibes. I don't know. <laughs> Not edgelord. That was incorrect thing to say. Um, I think that was a bit incorrect. Yeah. That was, that was not fitting. Perks being a wallflower isn't Vosh. Um, uh, Vosh isn't an edgelord either. <laughs> no, he's, he's not. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's like, uh, isn't, I don't know, YMS or. Uh, Sure, I guess you could say YMS. I don't know. Filthy Frank or whatever. Yeah, Filthy Frank. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, or insert some leafies here. Yeah, leafy. I was about to say. Yeah, Perk of Being a Wallflower is the leafiest here as movies. That's actually very inaccurate. I think it's a dopey movie. Um, (laughs) It's another movie to me that feels very directed. I think that's my issue. And Dear Evan Hansen definitely feels that way. It's a stage adaption, so they could have totally gone away with it, but it's just very awkward. Like, I think, like, what I wrote in my review is, like, my favorite song from Dear Evan Hansen is For Forever, you know? And, like, when he starts singing that, like, he's just sitting at a di- at a dining room table, and he stands up and starts singing it, like, looking at a tree as the rest of the family stares at him, like, okay, dude, great. <laughs> That's kind of how the musical is. As, as he sings, and the camera zooms away, and then the camera has a shot where he falls down from the tree, and I was gone. But how else are they supposed I was like, to what? film it? I mean, I get saying that the musical doesn't uh, translate well to screen, but I think, like, I don't yeah. think that's Chabowski's fault. I think he did everything he could. I feel, I feel, I feel like someone could have done it but i to be honest i couldn't tell you how to do it differently it was just super awkward i don't know to me it was just like like yeah did did it really translate that well to the screen no because i think it's so well like it's so well done on stage i, I think it's one of the greatest things ever made like i'm obsessed with the evidence and i think it's a masterpiece but not the movie the play but uh, I, th- I thought the play was, I, I thought the movie was a pretty faithful adaptation. Like, I thought they just told the story. And I mean, so it's nice seeing it again. Dear Evan Hansen, I agree with Tristan and Brett on the point that Dear Evan Hansen is really amazing as a musical. I do understand why it is controversial. I do understand that there are people who don't like it. it. Honestly, it's kind of similar to Promising Young Woman, 
Like, I understand I, that there are people who don't like that movie and it is controversial, but I think, I think bo- both, in my opinion, both of those movies handle their themes in a really interesting and tasteful way. And I love the stage version of Dear Evan Hansen. And, you know, obviously I love Promising Young Woman, but no idea. The movie of Dear Evan Hansen. Honestly, it's better than I expected it to be, but it's still not good. Um, it's a lot of my worries about it were there. Ben Platt is way too old to play the character. He's honestly not good in this movie. I agree with you. He's yeah. not good in this movie, but it's not his fault. Um, it's very weirdly casted. Like, he honestly should should have just come back as a cameo. And Legit, past- Caitlin Deeper is the only good performance, and it's just like she's trying her best to make the scenes not awkward. She's like, so like, good. Caitlin Deaver like, is like perfectly cast, like and Amanda Sten- Amanda Stenberg is too. Honestly, oh, like, I, I didn't think she was great. I don't think she's a great actress though. I, I mean, she's okay. a very nice person though. Like I think they were well cast. And I, I like Julianne more in the movie. Um, I love her, but again, I just think the character is the, th- the thing is, is like, this movie doesn't do anything blatantly terrible except make some of the songs really cringy. Like, if I could tell her... Oh my gosh. <laughs> also, the chorus to You Will Be Found... Oh my god, that was so cringe. Okay, but only us is even better than in the musical. In this, no, movie. it is not. Shut it's up. So good. Oh my god, dude! Like Caitlyn singing on that court. Oh god, it's so good. I mean, she did a good job, but like, I'll only listen to the movie version from now on. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> also, words fail is really good. Words fail. It was pretty good, actually. I mean, so but like other than that, the movie doesn't do anything that great. It doesn't do anything that terrible. It's just fine. It's aggressively mediocre. I I think it's it's really just made for like mega 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 fans of Dear Evan Hansen, which, which I, I am. But I, I love Dear. I literally I, own the vinyl and the book compilation of Dear Evan Yeah. I just really didn't care for this movie very much. And it shouldn't be that way because I do love the musical. But that's the problem. And like I'm I'm kind of with Brett on Steven Chabosky. I do like Person Being a Wallflower, but I don't think it's a great movie. Mm. Um it's it's like the third best movie ever made. It's cute, but it's kind of dopey. No. Wonder, I honestly think is just okay. I think it's Good mid. Movie. Good movie. Um, and Dear Evan Hansen, I think, is kind of mid. So, like... I really just... I wanted more. Can I say that? I just... I wanted more from this one. And it's not like I expected it, but at least it wasn't a complete disaster. It wasn't music. So, yeah, there you go. 
Music's pretty good, though. <laughs> it wasn't music. That's that's definitely a compliment. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think people are changing their mind about the musical because there's now a bit of controversy is really dumb. Like, I see yeah. so many people on Letterboxd uh, who are like, oh, I liked the musical, but now I realize it's problematic. And it's not problematic. If you have a problem with the character, that doesn't mean that the musical is inherently problematic. Which I agree with. I agree I with. Also, I also 100% agree with that, by the way. I wrote that yeah. in the review. But so again, like, like, if you think that, that's fine. I don't but, think you know. it's fine, but... I, I mean, I if you make an actual case about the the play being problematic, that's fine. But if you think it's problematic just because you have problems with the character, that that's just kind of a lazy criticism. Like, I don't know. Like, Uncut Gems, like that character is a bad person, but like the movie's and, not problematic. Yeah, the yeah, like you can say that about so many different property yeah, it's a yeah complex yeah. character here's, here's 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 the thing everyone's like man dear like evan hansen like manipulated this family and like like exposed like and like kind of like benefited from their grief and pain um to his own self-interest and then the musical goes man you know what was really bad when evan hansen <laughs> manipulated this family for his own self-interest and then the rest of the movie he mopes around and it literally ends with no resolution because he made a bad mistake. So it's like, if if, if yeah. the musical end and it's like, Dear Van Hansen got the girl, he went to college and he became rich and famous and everything was better. I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's bad. But the like the musical literally ends and it's like, oh, I'm still sad and I made this terrible mistake that I'm going to have to live with for the rest of my life. But it also Ooh. shows that people can grow and change. And I love that about it. Yeah. Because he it leaves it on a note where he's like, you know what, I'm going to use this experience and become a better person. But it doesn't it doesn't uh, like leave him off the hook either. It, it you know he isolated himself from everyone. So yeah, I think it's amazing. Okay, Tristan, what other good movies did you see at TIFF? Oh yeah, just quickly. Petite Maman is really great. From saying that soon, yeah, I think you guys will like it. It's it's only seventy minutes and it flies by, but it's really sweet. Uh, One second by Zhang Yimou, who did Hero and Raise the Red Lantern, is like I'm very curious about that one. Yeah, it's his best in a long, long time. Well, also because like it's about Chinese censorship and China censored it. Yeah. Uh, well, they censored it, and then this is a censored cut. So it it feels like it could be even better than it actually is. Um, and it feels like it probably should have been longer, but uh, this, this is not the full version. It's like a censored cut. So I'd, I'd like to see the full version because it might be like absolutely incredible. But what we got is really good. Uh, it's, a, it's a great movie about passion and love for movies. Um, what else did I really like? Uh, Bergman Island is great. The new Mia Handsome Love movie. Uh, it's pretty much just people walking around and talking about Ingmar Bergman. Uh, so not everyone's going to like it because it's a lot of just 
people making movie references for like two hours but it's also like kind of magical and it takes place in Sweden on this island and you learn a lot about Ingmar Bergman and and like why people love movies and are passionate about movies it's like a movie for cinephiles made about cinephiles and uh a hero is also really good by Asghar Farhadi yeah um, I don't know if it's like like I haven't seen any of his other movies so I I can't really say you have to watch separation you have to i definitely need to you're gonna love it i watched the opening scene for a class i remember being like whoa that's good and i never watched the rest of it yeah i hear it's a masterpiece so i'm sure this isn't like the the best starting point because it's it's not like a masterpiece but it's really really good uh just a, a great movie about like a character you like you really root for and he just keeps getting into like bad situations so it kind of uh, reminded me of uncut gems in that way a uh, little bit and uh the other really good movie i saw was official competition which is just a comedy with uh penelope cruz and antonio banderas and oscar martinez and it's just kind of like a satire on movie making and it's crazy and and just really fun. I mean, any movie where Penelope Cruz is flossing has to be a masterpiece, right? Yeah, it doesn't even explain why. I think she she just like she's really overwhelmed, so she runs to her room and start, starts flossing for thirty seconds. It's random. Like I don't know why they put that. In flossing the as the dance or like teeth cleaning, like the, the Fortnite dance. dance. Okay, because like I, I couldn't tell. Oh, what what was better? Um the that where she starts flossing or that scene where uh the kid in Power of the Dog starts randomly hula hooping. <laughs> <laughs> it just happens. The, the problem was I was actually gonna watch official competition and then it was in it didn't have English subtitles for some reason. So Oh dang. Really? You'll like it. It's really funny. Oh, yeah. and uh, The Survivor by Barry Levinson's pretty solid. It's got a good story. And The Mad Woman's Ball is pretty solid. too. Isn't that the one, the boxer that's going boxy-woxy? It is, yeah. Nice. It's a great story. It's like, it, it's a crazy story. Like, the, the, this boxer um, was taught how to box because uh, he was like a, um, a Holocaust survivor. And they were uh, like he was in a concentration camp and he he started fighting one of the guards and one of the higher ups saw that he he could like throw a punch really well and trained him to be this like boxer and um basically he had to fight against other other people from concentration camps and then he became a like a boxer and it's it's like really it's a crazy story it's it's a really good true story and it's sad and like just hmm. like a really good world war ii story but it's kind of conventional like the way it's shot and stuff and like like it uh, i it probably barry levinson's not like the director he once was it's you know i kind of wish like a story like that probably deserved a better a director who's like more on the top of his game right now yeah um okay so let's uh 
I think that's the end now. We we went on for a while. Damn, I have a lot to edit. Um, yeah. That's the festival stuff we talked about. You're going to edit me talking about worst person in the world and change my words to be like, it was a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to put, I'm just going to run like a, a glowing review through uh, text-to-speech and just put it in there. <laughs> no one will even notice. No one will even notice. Um you know, people will be like, man, Brett sounds really robotic, but they won't care. Um, anyway, um, we talked about movies we saw. We talked about the Oscars. And I look forward to having more to discuss after NYFF. And we update predictions and stuff. And yeah, I think... Uh, I think we will um, end it off here. Thank you, Andre, for joining us. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, bye.